It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. If you're leading a meeting or even attending one, you might feel some pressure to present your ideas and weigh in on ideas that other people are bringing to the table. After all, part of building your executive presence rests on speaking with confidence and commanding the room. Not so fast, says Allison Shapira, public speaking expert and author of Speak with Impact, How to Command the Room and Influence Others. And she's joining me today on Amy's Table. Welcome, Allison. Hi, Amy. Thanks for having me. You know, I have to ask you before we talk too much about the book, you, you're a former opera singer. How much does that enable you to speak with impact and command the room? It helps quite a bit, especially <laughs> being a singer. It, there's a special focus on breathing and vocal projection that definitely give me an advantage as a public speaker and coach. Yeah, I think that's great. Well, what grabbed me about your book was when to speak. And I think that we all do feel some pressure. If you're quiet through a meeting, does everyone think you don't care, you're not engaged, you don't have a great idea? And and I think that I love that you sort of pair that back. And, and tell us, how do we know how much to rein in and how to still be impactful? Well, I, I really do think it's it, from a, from a general perspective, we do want to think about speaking up anytime we are in a meeting because it is one of the ways in which we can exercise leadership in that meeting. However, there's so much attention paid to how to speak up and when to speak up. It's really important to talk about when not to speak up. And there are four specific questions I recommend people ask themselves before speaking up in order to determine whether their intervention will be productive, productive or not. So what are those questions? The first question to ask is, why am I saying something? Why do I want to speak up? If you truly have something to contribute, it's absolutely valid to speak up during that meeting. But sometimes our motivation for speaking up is just to show how much I know. Right. Or in order to show off my experience or who I've worked with or who my clients are. And so when the purpose is is to show off, it doesn't come across in a productive way. So that's when I tend to hold back. That makes a lot the, of sense. The second question I ask is, am, am I in a position of power here? Because if I'm in a position of power, I might not have to speak up. And in fact, one of my goals as a leader is to empower those who work for me or with me to have their own opinions and speak up instead of me jumping in with the solution. So if I'm in a position of power in that meeting, I might decide to step back and let other people exercise leadership and jump in as an exercise or as a as a leadership opportunity for them. Do you think occasionally people who are in a power role almost break that rule and it backfires and that they feel they must lead the meeting, jump in, have a lot to say to show what they know? Do you know what I mean? That they don't have the confidence to let the others do step number two? So you're exactly right. It comes down to confidence. Are there, are they confident? Are they confident in their role, in their authority? If they're not, they may jump in. It also could be a control issue. We've all worked with people who want to micromanage. And so they'll jump in, they'll run the meeting without realizing that they're actually taking away a great learning opportunity from the people who report to them. Yeah, good point. What about number three? What's the third question we ask ourselves? The third question is, 
am I simply adding to the chaos? We've all been in a meeting where everyone's speaking up, everyone's trying to jump in. Half the people are probably saying the same thing, but they just want to get their voice in. And in that case, it may not be productive for you to speak up. That might be where it's strategically valuable to step back, let other people fight it out. And then once it's died down, then you can jump in with a particular observation that nobody else has noticed. That's a really good insight for sure. And then what's the fourth? The last question is incredibly important in a meeting in any organization where politics are at play and every organization has internal politics. And this fourth question is, would this be better left for a one-on-one conversation? Just because we have something important to say doesn't mean it should be said in public in a meeting. Maybe strategically it should be asked one-on-one in a private conversation after the meeting, or maybe it should have been asked before the meeting in order to prepare. So recognizing whether something is better said one-on-one or in a group is incredibly important. And that's kind of a powerful statement that people could make within the meeting as well, isn't it? And that is, you know, this, why don't we, why don't we touch base after the facts? Because I think also people can feel um, alienated if there's conversations going on that aren't relevant to everyone in the room. You know, it's sort of like, let them peel off the agenda. The remainder of this meeting is just for these two people. The rest of you can, you know, head out. That's really important. Well, as I look through your book, obviously, you're talking about so much more than meetings. You're really talking about how to communicate in general, which is so good. And one of the things, last night, we had an interesting event um, where a speaker talked about finding our strengths. And she asked people to line up about who would want to give a speech and the ones that would. went to one end of the room and the ones that didn't went to the other. There were a lot on the I don't want to give a speech end. (laughs) So how do you, you know, communicate when you have to give a presentation or do all of these same sort of tips apply? Is there a general overarching rule? How do you prepare for that and suggest we do? The, The idea to recognize everything in the book is intended for either a meeting or presentation or one-on-one conversation. Public speaking is something that happens anytime we communicate with an audience of one or more with some goal. So the, the book is intended to be for everyone. It's important for people to recognize it's important for people to recognize that public speaking is a skill and not a talent. And once they recognize that it's a skill, then all those people in the in the I don't want to speak corner of the meeting or corner of the room that you referenced, all of a sudden they have a path to improve. Once you recognize it's a skill, then you say, okay, what are the what are the skills I need to practice in order to overcome it? And that's what the book is intended to to help you achieve, to give you the tools that you need so that you know how to do it and you can feel more comfortable. That statement alone is really empowering. I mean, because I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm so nervous or scared or I gave one speech and it wasn't good. I'm not a speaker. But if you really heard what Allison just said, after all, you can learn like you can learn how to cook or a second language. You may not be fluent, but you can get your point across. (laughs) 
Well, I know one of the things that's hard for an audience is to watch somebody giving a presentation when they're nervous. And I think part of it is they're so worried about being judged by the audience. And yet in reality, I think you'll agree with me that most audiences really want you to succeed. You know, they're sitting there sort of rooting for you, maybe even it's subconsciously. But how do you suggest you go into a public speaking or presentation or even meeting with calm nerves? It's so important to find your personal calm before you go into a meeting or presentation. Now, you won't completely reduce your nerves and you won't completely get rid of them because that's A, impossible and B, not even advised because you can use that that nervous energy and reframe it as excitement. Oops, it gives you the focus to give a better speech or presentation. So what I recommend people do is go into a private area, find their own quiet space, connect with their breathing where they can take some deep breaths in and out. And in the book, I teach people how to do that. And in fact, on the website of the book, I actually have a people through five steps to calm their nerves. And then once they have that deep breathing to calm them down, they remind themselves why they care about what they're speaking about. Why is this speech subject important? That's, of course, if you're not speaking of something for which you have feeling and passion, it is hard to get the audience in passion, too. So I'm assuming the website is speakwithimpact.com? It's speakwithimpactbook.com. Okay, good. Okay. And if you're just joining us, we're speaking with Allison Shapira, author of Speak With Impact, How to Command the Room and Influence Others. Well, Allison, leave us with this today. You know, you said that you want people to use the book to find their courage to speak. Can yes. you talk a little bit about how you can help us find that courage? Public speaking starts with looking inward to determine why are you called to speak about a particular subject? Why do you care? What gives you a sense of purpose? Then it's building your skills through the book, through other techniques. And then finally, finally, through that sense of purpose and those skills combined, you build your confidence to speak up, whether it's speaking up in a meeting or speaking privately one-on-one after the meeting, but recognizing that every single day we have an opportunity to have a positive impact on others through our voice. And that's what the book is designed to help people achieve. Fantastic. Well, there's so many other topics as I scan through the chapters, and I think it's so great. I mean, from helping you to understand how to illustrate a speech or a presentation to how to speak off the cuff, lots of really solid information. Give this a read. It's Speak with Impact, How to Command the Room and Influence Others by Allison Shapira. And Allison, I'm going to send people to speakwithimpactbook.com for more and to see your tips on calming nerves. And I want to Thank you for joining me on Amy's Table today. Thanks, Amy. Such a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks for listening to Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. For more, visit Amy's blog with Q102 online at WKRQ.com.
Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa. With over 50 years of sports betting experience, Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.